can we give God a hand clap of praise? Come on, for not just how we feel right now, but for how good he's been to us. Come on, has he brought you out? Has he blessed you? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Anybody thankful to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Thank you, Jesus. I'm so thankful to be in the house of the Lord. You know, I'm reminded daily of how good God has been to me. I, I may be the only one in the house. You ever had those memories of how you used to live and how filthy you used to be? Come on, I, I'm just being real with you and how, how we really don't deserve to even be on a pew tonight. Come on, am I the only one that feels that it's only by God's grace and sheer mercy that I'm still breathing? Is anybody thankful to still have the opportunity to be in God's presence one more time? Thank you, Jesus. I have very specific direction from God tonight. There's so many preliminaries that I'm supposed to go through. I, I just feel such a heavy anointing. I, I really don't want to waste that on preliminaries. You know, when Bishop so mercifully asked me to preach for tonight, um, I had a clear word. I knew it immediately in my spirit what I was going to preach. And Sunday night, that only the way that God can do it. Um, God shifted my direction. I, I begged God. You know, I begged God. I, I, I wanted to preach. Um, I had some real good stuff I needed to hear. I needed to inspire myself. I needed to encourage myself in the Lord. I'm the only one tonight that when God looks at me, I want God to be proud of me. Come on, I'm not talking about a proud spirit. But does anybody have a desire to please God? Come on, I'm not talking about obligation. I'm not talking about through discipline or, or through other things or through promotion or position. Does anybody have a sincere Spirit that says, God, when you look at me through all my mess and all my brokenness, God, I just want you to be pleased with me. That's how I feel tonight. I felt something in this altar Sunday night, and I'm going to get into it. But I was overcome with emotion when I felt it because I, I know, I know that spirit. I know that spirit all too well. I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like. 
If I'm being honest, some of the people that God showed me aren't here. But God knows to every person that showed up tonight. Come on, did anybody come needing something from God? Come on, did anybody come with an expectation of, God, I know it's Tuesday night and I barely came here under my own strength, but God, I'm here one more time. You can be seated. I, I'm, I'm, y'all not ready. You're not ready. I have very specific direction. And I'm just going to be who I am, if that's okay. In prayer, God spoke to me several things. There's a group of you under the sound of my voice. I'm just going to tell you how, how I feel it. I do not possess the credentials that you require to be ministered to. I don't. If I'm being honest... There's been far greater men in this pulpit. For some reason, they don't possess the credentials that you desire either. If I'm being plain, you've reached a place of where you're waiting for some divine intervention to take place. God's trying to reach somebody tonight. I was driving in prayer about this. Felt like the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, I'm grasping at straws to reach them. And look, we could just be real. You may not know this, but do you know how good the preaching is here? Come on, I, I don't think you really understand how good we really have it. If you can't get fed in this place, come on, on a weekly basis, something's not wrong with the preacher. Something's wrong with the vessel. If you have trouble every single week pulling yourself out of the bottom of a valley, it's not the preacher, it's the vessel. God's grasping at straws tonight. When God spoke this to me, I, I've probably got about 50 words on this page, on these pages. God gave me very clear instructions. I, I, I'd like for everybody to just pay close attention. I've never taken this much liberty. But if, if you'll entertain me, I believe that God is going to do something that far exceeds every expectation that you've been designed for God to move in your life. Come on, I'm not here to preach about blessings or something that you're going to... I'm telling you that you're on the edge of a cliff uh, from dying, lost, and backsliding. And God's saying, uh, I'm going to give them one more service uh, to try and help them, uh, to try and reach them before they're lost. If you'll entertain me, I will not need any media tonight. 
I won't need any scriptures. I do not need any cameras. I don't need any screens. Furthermore, I'm not trying to cause any confusion. Furthermore, I'd like those people to be a part of this service. God's trying to speak to this body. If there's a way we can run the audio, that's perfect. God's trying to create some intimacy tonight. This is, it's just a Tuesday night. We're just family. But God's about to remove every proclivity that you have of not responding to the Holy Ghost. Can I get an amen? When I walk through here Sunday night, if you couldn't be moved by the Spirit of God that was in this place, for people, for Bishop to constantly have to drag you uh, and use his voice to tell you to get off of a pew, uh, to get involved, to get into the service, uh, God is doing everything he can uh, to reach you uh, where you are. But you have to respond. They can kill these. Media, video, y'all can find a place in the audience. First Peter 5 and 8. If you'd stand for the reading of the word. The Bible says, be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil... Because your adversary, the devil, it didn't say your bishop, it didn't say the preacher. Oh, it's quiet. That's okay. I, I, God's already prepared me for the spirits I'm going to deal with tonight. A lot of us get lost in the sober and vigilant, and we think that somehow the preacher's against us. Somehow the bishop's against us. Your only adversary in this world while you're breathing oxygen is the devil. Come on, the only reason you're getting further away from God is not because of your bishop. I don't know why I'm saying this. It's, you're not getting further away from God for anybody else other than the adversary, other than the spirits of this world that you're battling. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Church, I'm not here to please nobody. If I don't preach to nobody in this house, I'm so thankful that my buddies across the street came to church with me. I'm going to preach tonight how I needed to be preached to about eight years ago. I want to preach to your children tonight when they're sitting on a back pew in an altar call and they can't be moved by the Holy Ghost. I'm preaching to a saint that ain't felt God in a deep way in a long time. I'm preaching to some saints that, yeah, you're faithful, but you can't praise God like you used to praise God. And your prayer meetings don't reach like they used to reach. Tonight, I want to preach with the help of the Holy Ghost, the hunted. 
I want to preach about the hunted tonight. If you could lay your Bibles down. I never bring my phone in the pulpit. But if you'd entertain me, I'd like you to turn your phone off. There's going to be some of you that's lost. He said, well, he's done lost his mind. That's okay. It's not for you tonight. This is for some desperate people. Come on, have you ever thought about how that seems like such a big thing to ask people to do is unplug? Have you ever thought about the sacrifice that we give to God? Have you ever thought about standing face to face with God and telling him there's some areas, God, that I won't allow you to touch? God, there's some areas I'll allow you to speak to me, but when, when, when you need to get to me all alone. God's desperate tonight. All I ask is that you pray like nobody's watching tonight. That's all I ask. I want you to pray like nobody's watching. I want you to seek God like the, the desires that's in your heart, like you feel, like your prayers don't reach the ceiling. I need some people that'll pray right now, that'll get desperate in the Holy Ghost. That God, uh, I hadn't felt you in a really long time. Uh, God, but I'm desperate. Uh, God, I'm unplugged. Uh, God, I'm going to get before you tonight uh, in a way that I've never got before you. Uh, God, I'm pleading with you. Uh, God, I need to feel you. Let's pray, church. Come on, let's pray, church. Come on, you've been playing with God. Come on, it's been a back and forth. God's got your number tonight. God's brought you some mail that says, I've got you all alone. There's no distractions. Come on. Come on, that's good for pre-service prayer. Come on, but I want to see if somebody's desperate enough uh, that's feeling the pull of the enemy, uh, that's about to pull you outside uh, the house of God, uh, that's got a little fight left, uh, that says, I'm still here. I'm still willing to fight. You may be seated in the fear of the Lord. I do not plan to preach long. I'm more interested in your response to what God's trying to do in this house. <clears throat> your adversary, Satan, 
John 8 and 44 would classify him as the murderer. You're of your father, the devil. The lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. Can I tell somebody in the house tonight that Satan only really has one plan? Come on, it's not to be your friend. It's not to promote you and bless you. But rather, Satan's ultimate desire is to destroy you. Come on, I'm going to need you to get on board tonight. Satan's ultimate plan for your life is not to prosper you. It's not to make your life comfortable. Oh, yeah, there's a spirit in the earth that says God is pure love. And the bishop and first lady, I've never had it so good when I left the church. Can I tell you that there is only one direction when you pull away from God? Come on, you may be sitting on a pew tonight, but you've digressed in your prayer. Satan has one desire. He's got one agenda for you. It's not to prosper your ministry. Come on, it's not to give you the house with the white picket fence. Come on, there's a better job that if I moved a couple hours away, uh, I'd finally get that release of financial pressure off of me. Uh, can I tell you that tonight somebody needs to draw a line in the sand uh, and say, come hell or high water. Devil, you can't tempt me uh, with gold and riches of this world. Uh, I'm willing to die where God's planted me. Satan's got one agenda for the church. Uh, it's to cause division. And if I'm being honest, he is doing a great job across the body of this movement. There's so many wonderful things. And let me just stop right here and give you a little insight of who I am. It's how God has made me. I've always been a person to try and fix things. Every career I've had, I've been a problem solver. I've been a troubleshooter. You show me the problem, I'll figure out a way to fix it. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Sometimes people just want to be heard, but as soon as I hear problems, I'll just give you a solution to what you need to do. Sometimes that's not a good thing. You can look at a house and say, look how beautiful the paint is. Look how beautiful these arches are. They really took their time. The way God's wired me, I'm naturally drawn. It stands out to me, the fissures in the cracks of the foundation. Can I get a witness in the church tonight? Come on, not everything that shines is gold. If there's something in my life uh, that God needs to identify that's sending me to hell, uh, my God, I want to have a spirit that says, uh, Bishop, uh, put me on the potter's wheel uh, one more time. Uh, God, it's not worth my ministry uh, to die in vain. Uh, I need to know uh, that I'm submitted uh, and in the will of God. Amen. I'm naturally drawn to the issues, not because I'm pessimistic. It's just how God's wired me to fix things. So while seemingly your life looks beautiful in certain areas, as the Holy Ghost was in here Sunday night, God quickened my spirit 
And there's only one explanation for someone to be dry during a move of God on a repeated basis. I'm not going to get no help. It's okay. I said there's only one. Look, y'all don't take my word for it. Go back and listen to all of it. How many services does Bishop literally have to try and pull people to the altar? And it's not just him. How many times does the evangelist have to say, come on, the Spirit of God is moving. God's moving. Sinners are praying. God's the Redeemer. He's trying to move. In every service, he's having to pull us out of our place of comfort. place of comfort now that's the problem but I'm gonna give you the solution the problem is it didn't really start right there oh I'm a preacher it didn't really just start right there and you're thinking oh I'm going through some things and you don't really understand uh, where I'm at no 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 I know all too well uh, exactly where you are and I know where you're gonna end up if you don't change uh, there's something that's inside of you uh, that has disconnected uh, not from this church uh, but from the glory of God You don't feel it like you used to. Something's been unplugged. And can I tell you that everything that feels right is wrong in that moment. I'm going to make it plain for you tonight. If you're sitting on a pew at altar call and God's moving in a miraculous way and you find yourself the only one sitting on a pew uh, and there's people weeping uh, and got godly sorrow uh, and they're slain in the spirit. Uh, baby, nothing's wrong with the move of God. Uh, there's something cold in you. Uh, there's a disease uh, inside of your body. Uh, there's a disease in your spirit uh, that you can't rectify with your flesh. Satan's one true mission is to kill and destroy. John 10 and 10 would call him the thief to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan's not happy until he steals all of your peace. Satan's not happy until he kills every ounce of anointing. He's not happy with you just showing up to prayer late one or two days or missing a couple midweek. No, no, no. He's not happy until you've backslidden, until your family's broke apart, until your children are dying lost. I said he's here to steal. He's here to kill and destroy. Oh, he's a good hunter. Come on, I'm talking to some people tonight. You think you ain't got a target on you. I'm telling you that you're hunted. I'm telling you that you're wanted. Satan has desired you. I prayed for an old time move of conviction. I was so convicted in prayer. Most of our music in the world, in this generation, is about victory and demanding the presence and the glory of God. How presumptuous that our sacrifice 
would even be considered for his glory to abide with us. Oh, it's going to get quiet. Why? Because this generation has lost its reverence for the house of God. I said this generation, there's a spirit in the earth that's moving that says, you know what, you can talk during pre-service prayer. You can come in here and get on your phone. You can be in front of God himself behind the veil and not even recognize the Shekinah glory that God's ministering to people right in front of you. Am I the only one that feels that tonight? How we command God to bless us? God forgive us. God forgive us when, when we didn't have time to repent uh, and we came in in our praise and our worship uh, and we demanded God uh, have dinner with us at the altar. God forgive us that when we've allowed certain sin uh, to stay inside of our life, uh, but yet we can sing uh, about God bless me. Uh, God bless my family. I'm telling you, we're a grateful people, but there's some things inside of us uh, that if we don't get it right, I don't want Ichabod. I feel that in the Holy Ghost. Could it be that you're trying to kill Abel because of the sacrifice that you're trying to bring is less than perfect? Oh, I know. It preaches great. All those scriptures about how we're in covenant with God. I've preached it. Come on, I'm a son of Abraham. God forgive me. God forgive me if I, if I claim the blessings of God. But I'm not willing to get before God's throne and empty out every unclean thing in my heart. Some of you's looking at me like you was Sunday night, and I'm gonna just keep preaching until it lifts. I'm telling you, there's some things inside of you that God is not pleased with. Inside this flesh, there's no good thing. You're not special. We're all in the same boat. I'm barely saved by God's grace and mercy. But can I tell you that ignorance is not bliss? You've got to get real with God and say, God, I'm not riding mama and daddy's coattails to heaven. I'm trying to get it for me. You can be seated. I want, to, I, want to, I want you to see this. Come on, it's just us. If you have a mother or a father that's in this church, that goes to this church, I'd like for you to stand just for a second. Yep. You can be seated. Your second generation. That's what I figured. That, that's part of the issue. I said your second generation. 
See, you, it, you're not excited about it because mommy and daddy's done fought those devils and you just take for granted uh, that I show up on Sunday and Tuesday. But can I tell you, it didn't come free for your parents. Uh, they fought hell and they fought demons. Uh, if you're second generation uh, in this church, uh, you should never have to have a preacher pull you off of a pew. Uh, there should always be some gratitude uh, and gratefulness uh, for what your parents uh, have paid for. Oh, I think we could do a little bit better than that. Uh, it's only by my parents' mercies uh, that I'm sitting on a pew uh, and I'm able to live free. Uh, I'm not bound by drug addiction. Uh, I'm not laying upside a door, drunk outside of my mind. You need to start acting like your second generation. Oh, I, I know, I know the amens have just left. To whom much is given, much is required. What does that mean, preacher? That means that when everybody else is tired and don't feel like praying, I got something to pray for. I may not feel it, but I should be out there lost in the world. But for the giants that my parents have killed. You still don't get it. For the Goliaths that my parents have dealt with. Uh, for the drug addiction that my parents have dealt with. Uh, for the alcohol my parents have dealt with. Somebody's getting it. It's because you don't really know what it's like to wake up in the middle of the night. With people fighting. Come on. Oh, I know you're privileged. That's our problem. Come on, I'm in the same boat with you. Come on, in that, that gravy train of glory and blessings, you tend to forget of what it was like yesterday. Uh, come on, when daddy would throw a drunk uh, and was beating mama, or when you didn't know when mama was going home. Uh, come on, there's some things that since you were raised in the house of God, uh, and mama said, no, my babies ain't going to know what that's like. Uh, there's some demons that don't walk with me where I walk. Uh, there's some things I'm not tempted with uh, that my parents dealt with. He said, I've got one agenda, and that's to kill you. You know what makes you a high-value target? Is if you've got a testimony. If you ever wonder what I'm doing, I just feel it right now. I feel that devil. You got a testimony. You ever wondered why you're a how value target? I hate to break this to you. You may have a good job. You may drive really nice vehicles. Can I tell you that God does want to bless you, but he, the devil could care less about what you've got. Oh, I'm going to preach it for the people in the back. The devil doesn't care about your status. He don't care about how many followers you got. He don't care about your influence. But if you've overcame drug addiction, come on, if you've came out of gangs and violence and infidelity, oh, I'm preaching to somebody. If you've got a testimony, you better believe that the devil's got a target on your back. He is not happy until your ministry and your testimony are destroyed.
sin is still wrong. I said sin. Come on, I know I'm an anomaly in this generation for people that are my age. For all the people that are catching rain, respectfully, and think that God is glory and that there's no, there's no sacrifice needed and that you could just dwell with God. How presumptuous of us that when Jesus died and the veil was rent, God gives us access to his glory, which was only really ever dwelled with the high priest whenever he was pure and clean. How presumptuous of us to think uh, that we could just approach God uh, in any old way. Can I tell you that even though it's 2023, uh, sin is still sin. Uh, I'm telling you, sin uh, will send you to hell. Uh, sin will scar you. Uh, sin will tear your families apart. Oh, I know it's not popular. It's still wrong to have sin and get in the choir and sing like you got victory. I said it's still sin to get up on a platform and play when devils have been bad and you have sin in your heart. Come on, God's, God's dealing with it. God's dealing with sin. It's not okay. Those YouTube preachers that you watch, the ones that you think got it all together and they're on the cutting edge of innovation and you feel something, can I tell you that ain't the Holy Ghost? I said even the witch of Endor had gifts. Come on, not everything that speaks Lord, Lord is not Lord, Lord. Uh, you better be careful uh, about what's coming before your eyes, uh, who you allow to entertain uh, your spirit. Uh, not every voice in this world uh, is meant to uplift you. Uh, not every voice in this world uh, is meant to direct you. Sin. You know, us as Pentecostals, apostolics, I can say this. I'll give you my resume after church. We got a problem with classifying sin. Oh, I know it's not popular. We really got a problem with classifying sin. Now, I'm going to preach both sides of the coin, so you just sit tight. Just because somebody preaches certain types of sin and they're not touching on your sin doesn't mean that your sin still ain't sin. Oh, I need some help in the building. I said just because you're trying to omit what they're saying because they're not touching on another type of sin, I'm telling you, you're going to bust hell wide open. I know it's not popular, but sin is still sin. God, if I die, God, I want to go to heaven. God, I need my babies to know that sin is sin, that they just can't come to church any old way. Sin is still sin. And just because somebody ain't called your sin out yet, oh, it's tight. Just because somebody ain't talking about your sin, don't give you the right to look down your nose and kill people. 
I'm going to say it again. Just because your sin ain't classified within the body yet, I'm telling you, you need to be careful walking around with your nose in the air. God's got a way of humbling people. To whom mercy is given, mercy will be given. But you have to know that sin is sin. You know, when, when we're dealing with sin in our lives, the very first trick that the devil does, you, you know what I'm talking about. I ain't talking about a needle hanging out your arm. Thank God for deliverance. That ain't what most of us is dealing with in this side, inside these four walls. And because of that, you think that you're clean because you've been, you've been, you've been comparing yourself with the person across the aisle from you. As Bishop would say, there went my amens. Immediately when God starts dealing with you about your sin, you say, well, I know so-and-so, and I'm not, I got my family intact. You know, I'm showing up to church. You know what I like to call that? That's the safest way to hell. Oh, I know, I know. That's the safest road to hell is on, inside this church uh, and on them pews. Uh, can I tell you that when God's dealing with you, if you're wondering why you're cold, 99% of the time it's because God's trying to drag you uh, to a place uh, of solitude. He's trying to get you alone. Uh, he's trying to set you apart uh, and sacrifice some of this flesh. Uh, and you said, no, 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 I'm good enough. Uh, I have to do it. Can I tell you that when you go cold, it's because your sacrifice is not fresh. Yeah, I know. Let me just give you this ounce of revelation that I got. God is never, ever satisfied with the sacrifice you gave yesterday. He's not satisfied. When God tells you that he wants you to fast, you got quiet. When God's setting you apart for a season of consecration and you blow him off, hey God, I'm still showing up. I'm still showing up. You know, most of the people and I'm not being analytical. Most of the people that struggle with that are not first generation. They're second generation. Can I tell you that God didn't allow you to be here standing on the shoulders of your forefathers to just maintain what they did? I'm convicted. I'm sorry, if all I ever do is just maintain what my elders did. That seems a little entitled, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, no, 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 I know. We'll get here 30 minutes early and we'll allow certain people to pray. We'll, we'll depend on other people's consecration. God has something miraculous for this generation. I'm telling you, I know that. I've preached it. 
Do you really think for the generation upon, upon whom the ends of the earth shall come, do you really think it's going to require less consecration? Less devils? Less spiritual warfare? God's requiring of us to set ourselves apart. You know the peculiar thing about it? Nobody knows about it but you. Yeah, there's no glory in those moments. You know, if God tarries and you live another 20 years, what does it look like for you? Still sitting on the same pew? Do you hear in your mind Bishop calling you again? Come on, we got sinners that are praying through in the altar from the addictions that your grandparents had. No, but I push a broom. I drive a bus. I got my service that I do. You know what God's tired of? Us replacing relationship with labor. I said he's still an intimate God. Come on, I'm trying to preach tonight. There's an hunter. And you are the hunted. He is not satisfied until everything that you have aspired in the Holy Ghost to be, till it's utterly destroyed. It's a slow fade with sin. You don't really understand how it all happened. And some of you veterans sitting on the pew can probably back me up on this. That while you're struggling, all of a sudden one day you just woke up. It was a Tuesday night. And you're sitting at home, tuned in on the live stream. I don't know how I ended up here. Come on, I used to run the aisles. I used to pray. I used to be a warrior. All of a sudden, how did it happen? I can tell you where it happens. When you stop responding to God's presence. Come on. I'm not talking about a good message. I'm not talking about a sermon. But when you can sit there stone-faced, when the Holy Ghost is moving, and you're not moved, you're not touched no more. Tears don't come like they used to come. Conviction doesn't come like it used to come. In church is just a schedule. Sin. It's a slow fade. I think about Adam in the garden. Isn't that just like grace and mercy? Adam! Adam! Where are you, son? You're listening to me tonight on the stream. Where are you? I know you sinned. I know you're not where you're supposed to be. Adam, where are you? I'm looking for you. I give you paradise. Sin 
will drive a wedge between you and God that strength cannot come back in between. I'm preaching tonight about the hunter. I'm telling you that when sin comes into your life, you're not physically strong enough to get sin out of your life. You're not physically strong enough to say, you know what, I'll just stop drinking when I feel like drinking. I'll just use my steps of program that says I'll get delivered from addiction. No, 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 no. I'm telling you that when sin is in your life, the only way to get rid of sin is the old-fashioned altar. I know that's not what somebody wanted to hear. I'm telling you that the altar still works. I don't care how many things you look up on YouTube, uh, how to get rid of addiction uh, and lustful desires. Uh, I'm telling you that the altar is still the only saving place uh, where you can offer this old flesh uh, and say, God, uh, I'm a wretched sinner. God, clean me. Adam, through our sin, God seeks us. We become hunted by our Savior. Through our iniquity, God searches for us. Adam, I'm looking for you. Where are you at? I'm hiding, God. I'm ashamed, God. I'm preaching to somebody right now in this house. That conviction that you feel, that condemnation, that's something that's saying there's something I've been doing, God. Come on, the voices have been talking to me. I've been feeling the eyes of the hunter on me. That when I'm doing things I shouldn't be doing, when I'm looking at things that I'm not supposed to be looking at, when I'm taking time to do stuff I'm not supposed to do, the eyes of the hunter are still hunting. I'm preaching about the hunted tonight. Through our sin, God still reaches for us. Come on, if you need a message of salvation, just go to Genesis. Uh, Through all your pain and all your stuff, uh, through all the stuff that nobody gets, uh, God still uh, wants you. God still uh, desires you. Uh, Even though you feel uh, like you're washed up uh, and you can't be used, God still desires you. Adam! I'm talking about the hunted tonight. The ministry of the seductress. Genesis 39 and 12, talking about Joseph, Potiphar's wife. She caught him by his garment, saying, lie with me. I'm about to touch on some stuff. If it makes you uncomfortable, we'll pray you through. I know what God's told me. Come on, I'm like anybody else and I struggle, but when God finally touches me, I'm telling you God's reaching for some people tonight. He's tired of the sin in our life. Come on, God wants to do something miraculous through this church. God wants to do something miraculous through the body, but darkness and light cannot dwell in the same vessel. God's calling us to get the filth out. God's calling us to separate ourselves. Hey, Joseph, just come lie down with me. Don't get upset. I got medicine for everybody. 
sir. That's how the seductress works. It doesn't start with fornication. Okay. I said it doesn't start with infidelity. Where does it start? Just come lie down with me. Yep. Fellowship. Oh, just, just, just get me close. Hey, y'all. Let's just get close enough to fellowship. There's some people. Come on. You've been waiting for God to say it. There's some people that you talk to. They may be sitting next to you. You know what it represents. Oh, don't get quiet on me. I know what I'm preaching to. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not what it is. Go ahead and lock me out. I'm telling you the hunter's watching you. I'm telling you, if you think that nobody sees you and that you're hidden, I'm telling you that you are hunted. There's somebody that desires to have your husband. There's somebody that desires to have your wife. There's somebody that wants to see your kids raised by somebody else. Why? Because the adversary's never satisfied until you are destroyed. She says, just come lay down. If you read that text a little further, it actually went on for a while. I'm not going to beat Joseph up too much. Somewhere, somewhere down the line, we've got to get something inside of us that has more spiritual intuition than a prophet delivering a word over a pulpit. Then I don't need Bishop to carry me to McDonald's and say, son, you don't need to be looking at her like you're looking at her. So, Ma'am, you don't need to be shaking his hand like you're shaking his hand. Ma'am, you don't need to be holding hands with her like you're holding hands. Let me just deal with this. There's a popular apostolic podcast and I'm just following the Holy Ghost. Y'all forgive me. There's a spirit in the earth that's trying to normalize promiscuity. There's spirits that are still alive in this earth. They were saying that it's not really a sin to look on to the human form. Everybody else can be quiet about it. I know what I feel. It's beautiful. The, the human body is beautiful. It's okay to look upon it. It's okay to have, to, to acknowledge God's beauty. If that's your level of spiritual insight, the hunt's almost over. Oh, I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, there's some people tonight under the sound of my voice. The last time I felt what I feel right now, the next week the devil drug them out of church. I'm not playing games tonight. I'm telling you that you're desired by your adversary. You're sitting on a pew, not responding to God's, God's glory and God's presence. And you're wondering why you feel like you're being drugged out of the house of God. Oh, yeah, you can look at that. She's pretty. The, this ain't my words. They're curves. That's natural. 
Yeah, because your sin is clothed in an apostolic uniform. You know where it really starts? Oh, I don't know why she all of a sudden started wearing things a little bit tighter. Oh, yeah, the length was right. I know it's quiet. Come on. Come on. The length was just right. Come on, you had everything that was covered up, but I'm telling you, the seductress is still working uh, to make you put something on that's tight uh, in revealing. Uh, there's a spirit in the earth uh, that's saying it's okay to look uh, and not touch. You know what I hear? I hear Potiphar's wife saying, just come lay down with me. I don't want anything else. I'm telling you, when you lay down, you won't be able to get back up. You know what I gathered from that text? We all know the story. The Bible says that he ran out of his garment. You know what the Holy Ghost spoke to me? I feel it right now. You're going to have to leave some things behind to get out alive. I'm going to say it again. Come on, that sin that you've been normalizing, you're going to have to leave some things in order to get out of there with your sanity. You're going to have to leave some things in order to get out of there with your spirit intact. You're going to have to leave some things to get out alive. I know it's not popular. I'm just preaching what I feel. The ministry of the seductress, she's still alive and able. It's one of the oldest tactics in the book. But I'm telling you tonight in the Holy Ghost, I feel an unction to say this. Some of you right now under the sound of my voice, You're saying I'll get it together next week. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I wish you'd hide the feet of clay that you see right now. I know y'all know me. That's Brother Stewart. I'm begging and pleading with you. I know what I felt here Sunday night. I'm telling you the hunter is hunting. I'm telling you your adversary, you think that you're safe. I'm telling you you're on the, the safest road to hell. You're saying, I'll get it right next week. Give me a little time, preacher. God, give me another week. I'll make those phone calls tomorrow. Come on, I'll have one more night, one more night of fun. I, I know what I'm giving up. I got to live it up one last time. I got to get some things out of my system. I, I don't say this lightly. I hope you hear me. For somebody in this house, you don't have that. I know what I feel. You're playing with an adversary that when he gets a hold of you, you will not come back. Oh, I know. I know. I know what they say. I was telling some people today, there was right down there in Naples, the Naples Zoo, they had a guy this is how we treat the devil. We treat him like he's really not that vicious. A groundskeeper in the middle of the night walked up and he says, they asked him later, they heard screams coming from the zoo. Now y'all thinking, oh, I, that ain't me. 
They heard screams coming. Police goes out. They find a man with his hand. 1,200 pound Siberian tiger holding on to this man's hand through the cage. The man thought he could pet it. That's the right response right now. Because the way that some of us deal with sin, I'm telling you that whenever it latches onto you, you think you got service after service. You think you're playing with stuff. You don't know how dangerous what you're dealing with. I'm telling you, your adversary has one desire, and that's to see you broken up, washed up with no ministry. I'm going somewhere. Ministry of the seductress. She's coming for you, Joseph. She's coming for you, Joseph. You young boys, you think that you're not a target because of your age? If we've ever lived in a day and time where our seven and eight year olds have to be protected. I thought I'd get more amens from some mama and some daddies. I'm scared to death that my babies are going to go out inside this world uh, and that they're going to have to face demons and they're going to have to know uh, that here, O Israel, the Lord our God uh, is one Lord. Uh, there's some places uh, a child of God uh, does not go. Uh, there's some places uh, that there's a child of God uh, they don't want to be at. Uh, there's sin uh, that they don't want to be a part of. Jezebel, the spirit of the seductress. This here is called sleep therapy. I felt this specifically. You know, in 2 Samuel 13 and 6, it says, when Amnon lay down, he made himself sick. Y'all know this story. When the king was come to see him, he said unto the king, I pray thee, let Tamar, my sister, come to me. He developed this entire trap. There's some people that's not here that this is for, but there's some people in here you need to listen to this preacher tonight. Ladies, there's a spirit of dysfunction where men need therapy. Oh, I, I'm going to bust it wide open. I'm going to bust it open. Don't worry. I'm not talking about mental health. You know what they say? I just need somebody to talk to. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. I just, I just need to talk to him. I just need somebody to talk to. He's a good guy. Do you know what he's been through? Oh, it's quiet. Do you know the things that he's going through? Nobody listens to him. You know the trauma that he's had to deal with? Can I tell somebody? That's the oldest trap that's ever been set. And I want to tell somebody, I want to warn you in the Holy Ghost. Just when you think that you're there for a therapy session... I'm telling you, your adversary does not care who you are. 
Oh, they don't care about your heritage. I'm telling you that when you start to give therapy sessions uh, to somebody that you know in your spirit uh, has no godly desire. Come on, when you've been hanging out with that person uh, and it's the lust of the flesh, uh, it's things that feel good. What's the indication, preacher? Oh, I started acting a little bit different uh, when I'm around them. Uh, my clothes started changing uh, when I got around them. Uh, the same friends I used to pray with, uh, I'm not staying with no more. I get off alone. By myself yeah my dress looks a little bit different what's going on oh nothing oh nothing to see here he just needs somebody to talk to let me give you some fatherly advice I'm not a pastor let me just tell you if I'm, I'm I am a dad the first qualification is that he's inside the house of God I'm not done. The second is that he's faithful on Tuesday night. There it went. I know I lost just about everybody. The third requirement is that he shows up to Thursday night prayer. Oh, and he's not just here to talk about what's going on and to go out to eat. Uh, I'm telling you, if you want to find a husband, uh, if you're looking for somebody to spend your life with, uh, you need to find somebody that's not here just for a schedule. You need to find somebody that is falling in love with God. Oh, do I got any single ladies that still ain't found the right knucklehead? Don't you be tempted by Amnon. Oh, I know he looks at you the right way. Come on, I know he calls you. I know he tells you the things that you like to hear. Can I tell you, that hole that's inside of your heart that you're trying to fill with companionship, he will not fill it. Oh, I'm in the Holy Ghost and I feel it. Come on, you'll still be disappointed when you've got your third child with him. You'll still wonder, why did I marry him when he's in a bar room? Why? Because you fell in love with Amnon. I've seen that spirit because after she was raped, she's the one that felt like she did something wrong. She was shamed. You see that? Mom, he's done stopped talking to me again. I'm in some right now. I know y'all don't like it. That's okay. I'll still barbecue for you. Mom, you're the one that told him I wasn't supposed to be talking to him. Baby, I, I know you don't understand what I'm doing right now. Come on, mom. mom probably knows what Amnon looks like. Come on, can I get some help? Uh, mama knows who Amnon looks like. Uh, mama knows that same old speech that he gives to every girl. Uh, mama knows what he's really, he's after your purity. Uh, he's after your anointing. Uh, your adversary's hunting you, uh, and he's not satisfied uh, until you're destroyed. Come on, we just family tonight. It's called the trap of therapy. Some call it a thirst trap. Some call it sleep therapy. You know what it is. Come on. I, you may be laughing right now, but I'm telling you God's requiring you to end it tonight. 
Oh, I know you didn't want to hear that. You wanted me to say, oh, you got some time. I'm telling you, you need to delete the phone number. You need to walk up to him and say, baby, I'll catch you later. If it's meant to be, it'll be meant to be. You can see me on the other side. My anointing's more important than my lust. My anointing's more important than my flesh. My will of God on my life is more important than this relationship. Oh, Jezebel. Now, I'm going to be sensitive. You have to know, I'm just following the Holy Ghost. Jezebel, when everybody's hunted, Tamar was hunted by Amnon. God hunted Adam. Cain was worried about, he's not even worried about the sin in his life. He was worried about people hunting him. You ever talk about familial dysfunction? Go look at Lamech. Go look at Lamech. Such an entitled, entitled person to where he, he brags about somebody, two people that he kills. Do you know who my daddy is? I got to deal with this. Do you know who? You know who I know in leadership? I'll come down the rows. You know, you know who I know in leadership? That's why I, I can act like I act. Hey, they ain't gonna touch me. You know who I know? You know the favor that I've got? I'm talking to some second generation people under the sound of my voice. God's tired of it. I know it. Ain't, I ain't getting no amens. I'm telling you that God has brought it before your attention. God's tired of our laziness and our slothfulness. God wants sincere worship. If you know what it's like to live in liberty and freedom, God said, I'm tired of you sitting on a pew and just taking my grace for granted. I know that I saved you, but I want you to act like you're thankful for being saved. I said, I want you to be sincere about the blood that I shed to save you. Yeah, you know who I know? They ain't going to touch me. The Holy Ghost is here. I'm telling you tonight, you listen to me. We're not having, I'm not doing nothing. I, I got a specific altar call. If you can't get it right tonight, this is on you. I want you to hear what I said. This is on you. This isn't about something somebody said, somebody did you wrong. There's some pettiness in your spirit. It ain't got nothing to do with that. Tonight, if you can't lay it at this altar, there's something wrong with you. Come on, I'm not being mean. I'm trying to reach for somebody. 
Come on, I, I wanna, I'm reaching for you like you're my kids and my family. I'm telling you that there's a hunter that's lurking about, and he's saying, uh, I'm waiting for the right opportunity. I'm hoping they'll get close enough just to lay down. I'm hoping they'll get close enough to let, just, I just want to touch sin. I don't want to be involved in sin. But, Bishop, can I just touch sin for a little while? Can I go to school and be involved in just a little bit of sin? The devil's waiting for you. Jezebel. Jezebel is infatuated with ministry. I'm, I'm just preaching what I feel. Y'all forgive me. Jezebel is infatuated with ministry. You know why some of you young guys struggle like you struggle? Young ladies? Because you got a call of God on your life. The spirit of Jezebel is attracted to anointing. Not for the reasons God is. It's like a vapor that comes off of you when you're anointed. And the predator, the hunter, gets it in his nostrils. He could be halfway around the world. You let somebody finally get a breakthrough in this altar that's got a call of God on their life. The hunter starts and makes a beeline. He said, that's the one. That's the one. You know why those thoughts are coming into your head? Come on, you never really had thoughts like that, but you started talking about living for God. Come on, you started about talking about giving your life to God and that life of sin. You was going to lay it down, and then all of a sudden, the struggle really started coming. Come on, them demons started raising up, and the spirit world started to get a fleet. Why? Because you started to realize that you were blood-bought, paid with a price, that you've got anointing and a call of God on your life. The devil hates when you know that you're anointed. Jezebel? I don't know how much further I get because I feel the Holy Ghost. Jezebel, not satisfied till she takes you out. Jezebel's not satisfied until she has you defeated. You know what's peculiar about that portion of Scripture? Jezebel was only manifested after the confirmation of God's works. I know you killed all the prophets of Baal. Yeah. God started to manifest himself in your life, in your ministry. Jezebel there's a spirit that's alive and well. Ma'am, she wants to kill you. Sir, she wants to destroy you. I, I've prayed about how to say this next part. I, I just, you forgive me. I don't have, I'm not really. We got a lot of new families in this church, young families specifically. A lot of people that's had babies.
I want to, in the Holy Ghost, I'm trying to reach somebody. Just like Elijah, the insecurities that Elijah always had were manifested after God used him. They didn't leave. He gets discouraged. I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight. But the adversary has been telling some moms, been feeding you some lies. Been speaking you holding that baby and you thought sir sir you thought that when you married her that your insecurities would leave ma'am you thought that Maybe, maybe once I got married. You can't fool nobody. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm not proud of this. Man, I'm, I'm a professional when it comes to deceiving. If I wanted, man, if y'all knew me, you can't fool God. You experienced God. You've had moments where you felt God touch you in your ministry. And you've seen a glimpse of that beautiful will and the power of God. And you thought that because you got married, you wouldn't have to deal with the dysfunction that is still in you. You knew the cave I lived in? I don't, I don't know who I'm talking to. You thought that when the baby came, come on, you thought that when the baby finally came, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. You thought that when that baby came that all the answers and all the check boxes would be marked. The devil's after somebody's family tonight. Oh, I'm preaching real good. It's quiet, but I'm telling you, the adversary's after the family. Come on, your adversary is after the family. The adversary is after your family. Yeah, you thought that you would get married and you thought that you would have a little family. You thought you'd start going to church and being faithful. You start that you'd have that perfect family unit. And that you wouldn't have to get rid of the insecurities and the dysfunction that's in your heart. I'm not being mean tonight. I'm reaching for somebody. Because I'm about to get real. The adversary has been telling you that he don't, he don't really love me. Oh, he don't really love me. There's something wrong with him. I don't feel the same way. You know something about postpartum depression? Is that after the baby's here, the insecurities are manifested. 
Wow, because you wanted, you wanted the promise. You wanted the baby. You, you, was, you was excited when the baby was in the womb and you felt those moments uh, of security. But once the baby's here, the adversary starts saying, uh, you were never meant to be a mama. You were never meant to be a wife. You can't raise a child. Uh, you, can't, you can't tend to your husband. I'm telling somebody, the devil is still uh, a liar. I'm telling you, the devil is still uh, a liar. You can be a mother. You can be a wife. You can be a husband. But you can't lay down with Amnon. You got to get the filth out of your heart. Oh, yeah. Maybe some of these seasoned saints will tell me something about how they had some, they knew of some young ladies that had promise on their life and instead of dealing with an insecurity at an altar they said well Amnon's willing to have dinner with me I'm preaching good I know it's quiet I know it's easy for me to preach what I'm preaching right now I'm married I got a beautiful family that I'm so thankful for. I've seen people's lives wrecked. I'm about to, I'm, about, I'm coming to an end. I just, I don't need any musicians tonight. I just need Brother Ken on the keys. I want everybody, every family. Nobody, nobody, I don't need nobody. There is a spirit in the earth of Jezebel it's whispering to mothers about their insecurities. It's whispering to dads. Son, how are you supposed to be a dad when you never had a dad? How are you going to raise your family in church when you ain't never had nobody take you to church? If my bishop was here right now. Because God gave you a father in the flesh when you didn't even have one. Oh, I know you don't want to hear that because you want to feel sorry for yourself. But I'm telling you, if you lack a father, you've got a father in the flesh and you've got a father in the spirit. I came to pull the sheets back on the devil and his lies. You can make it in your family. Yes, you're anointed. You don't need nobody else. You don't need somebody in your family, in your marriage. You and your husband can make it. I'm going to keep saying it. I want to see when we reach a time that say, they got some women that they hear that voice that's trying to rip your marriage apart, that when you hear that lying devil, you take everything in you and you grab your husband by the hand and you get to this altar and you say, devil, even if I hear what you're saying and I feel it, I'm proclaiming victory in my marriage. Come on, what God's put together, what God's put together, nobody's tearing apart.
I'm preaching to some of you kids right now. I, I, I wish I'd had some parents that could testify what God's speaking in this house tonight. Your voice doesn't really, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm being sensitive. Dad, mom, you don't have the words to talk sense into them. Only the Holy Ghost. I know that's not the popular answer. I'm telling you, the whole, you, could, you could preach till you're blue in the face. You can yell, scream, and kick. I'm telling you that if you would pray, if I had some parents right now that knew the adversary that was hunting your children and all you wanted for your children was for them to know what it was like to have a family, to know what it was like that their husband was coming home every night, to know what it's like to have their wife praying in church, if you knew what the adversary was after, you'd intercede for them. Maybe it's you I'm preaching to tonight. The hunted. Yeah, you're hunted. He's after you. I've got a lot left. But I feel that the Holy Ghost wants me to stop right here. I feel like I've said this before. God's grasping at straws tonight. He wants you to lay down all your insecurities. If you knew what that beast would do to you once it gets a hold of you. You hear some people saying, yeah, that's because they know. They, that's, some, that's somebody that's got some life experience that says, my God, how did I ever make it out alive? That's, that's right. Let me tell you about how your hunter hunts in closing. I, I will not tonight, I will not prompt you to come to an altar. God's about to breathe into this place. I've seen it. God's about to breathe. Come on, it, it's private in here tonight. Come on. I, my only request was that you pray like nobody's watching. I'm not going to pull you. My God, if you can't feel the Holy Ghost... The Bible says that he's a lion, that he's lurking about. I did a study on lions and how they actually hunt. Contrary to popular belief, most people think they hunt in the daytime because that's when it's the brightest. You see, but the adversary, just like the lion, he sleeps during the daytime. Some biologists say 18 to 22 hours is what they'll sleep. And they hunt at the darkest part of night. Do you know why? Lions, like your adversary, are acclimated to the dark. 
their vision is six times more sensitive to light than humans. He prefers the darkness. It's inevitable that you will have to journey through the darkness the longer you live for God. What I can tell you is beware of your adversary in the darkness. Come on, I need somebody that knows what I'm talking about. I said beware of your adversary in the darkness. Beware of the voices that you listen to in the darkness. Beware of the direction that you take in the dark. Beware of relationships in the darkness. Come on. Whenever the darkness of the night comes upon your life uh, and God takes his hand uh, and he says, I want to see what you do through the valley of death. Uh, I want to see how you respond. Uh, Be careful what you're listening to uh, in the darkest parts uh, of the night. Uh, The adversary can see uh, better than you. Uh, They can sense uh, better than you. Their preferred method of hunting. They rarely stalk. Hear me? Because there's a lot of promises I could preach about about being in the church and being shielded from, from Satan. I said their preferred method to hunt its prey. They'll get into thick vegetation and they'll wait till their prey passes by. You know what that tells me? You got to go into places you're not supposed to be to find your adversary. Oh, it's quiet right now. I know because our human response is that we're not guilty and we're the victim. That's our pre-programmed response. We're the victim. Come on, you know why I killed Cain or Abel? You know why I killed Abel? He made me look bad. Somebody needs to lay on this altar that we've been places we shouldn't be. I know it's quiet. Sir, there's probably some things you've said to your husband that probably weren't right. And rather than make things right, you open a door for Jezebel to speak. Ma'am, sir, you've probably said some things. No, it's not victim mentality. You know what God's doing tonight? From the youngest to the oldest. this is God spoke to me he said I want you to create a prayer closet in this place if they could turn those lights down however they need to God said I want you to create a prayer closet in this place and you tell my people I want them to pray like nobody's watching that's all I've got The Bible says that God will make a way for you to escape. But I came to warn some people in the Holy Ghost. Your adversary's hunting. And you're the hunted. Church, let's pray like nobody's watching. 
There's going to be no altar dismissal. Some people in this house need to get some things right with God. Come on, it's nobody's watching. I don't need I don't need people praying for other people. Ministers, after you've prayed, you can pray for people. Ma'am, I need you to pray like nobody's watching. Sir, I need you to pray like nobody's watching. Come on, I don't want to be taken out by the adversary. There's a call of God on my life. Come on, there's purpose on my life. God, I know I'm in a valley and it's dark, but I'm not going to trust the voices of the adversary. God, I'm going to steady the course. I'm going to stay on the path you've called me to stay on. How long, God? Until he turns the lights on. Come on, there's your word. There's your word. How long, preacher? How long, preacher? How long, preacher? Come on, till God turns the lights on. Come on, till God turns the lights on. Come on, I need some seasoned saints uh, that know what it's like to war in the Holy Ghost. Uh, I need some seasoned saints uh, that know what it's like to pray in the Spirit. Come on, now's not a time for pretty prayer. If you knew the adversary was after your husband, uh, you'd probably travail. If you knew the adversary was after your babies, uh, you'd probably pray like nobody was watching. Uh, if you knew the adversary uh, was after your family, uh, you'd get desperate before God. Come on, teenagers. Come on, teenagers. Come on, teenagers. I know you've heard mama pray. I know you've heard mama plead the blood of Jesus. What does it sound like when a second generation child of God uh, starts to pray with authority? Come on, it's sweeping through the house. Come on. Come on, it's sweeping through the house. Oh, God. Inside of me, there is no good thing. God, my righteousness is filthy rags. God, I repent. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Relationship has a sound. Come on, repentance has a sound. Come on, if you can't pray like you need to with the person that's next to you, I'd find somewhere and bury my face and get before God.
every young person under the sound of my voice needs to be at the altar. I said every young person needs to be at an altar right now. Come on, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to pull you from somewhere you're not ready for. That's it, thank you. That's it, thank you. That's it. Come on, God. God, prepare me if I can't see what my bishop sees. God, prepare me if I can't see what the preacher's seeing. God, I'm going to pray in faith that I've got to be right with you. Oh, yeah. There's quite a few of us in a dark place. And the adversary's telling you to walk left. The adversary's whispering to walk right. I'm telling you, you're walking into a trap. I'm telling you, you're listening to the wrong voice. Stay the course. Stay the course. Stay in church. Stay submitted. Stay consecrated. Sir, you may have never heard your daddy pray. Sir, you may have never heard your father pray inside your home. But you need to purpose it tonight. I'm not listening to the voice of the adversary no more. Satan, you can't have my family. Ma'am, you may have never had a father. You may have never heard a father pray for you. Your father may have never prayed for you and tucked you in. That don't mean that you can't have a husband. That can't mean that you can't have a family and raise them in church. It's gonna take everything in you. It's gonna take every ounce of your strength to submit yourself to the process of overcoming dysfunction. Let's pray. somebody's getting victory come on somebody's getting victory come on I, I know you may not be shouting but victory's got a sound to it come on you may not be running the aisles but victory's got a sound to it when does it happen when you start to pray with authority
Come on, Tamar. Come on, Tamar. Come on, Tamar. Don't just lay there and allow the adversary to take advantage of you. Scream out. Scream out. Come on, God's calling it tonight. Come on, God's calling it before you tonight. Come on, you've been sitting on the sidelines long enough. Come on, you've been playing with God long enough. You've been dealing with those same wounds long enough. Come on. Come on. Pray. Pray. God, I'm not moving another inch until the doubt is out of my spirit. God, I'm not moving another inch until the dysfunction is outside of my way of thinking.